0: Hello, welcome to the Friday, June 12, 2020 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Xavier today is talking about some of the trapdoors that attackers leave behind in JavaScript code in order to make reverse analysis more difficult. Now, of course, we have talked about uh, malware analysis, reversing JavaScript uh, quite a few times. So a couple things that Xavier points out here is, first of all, the string method that's often used. Essentially, what this does is it allows a function to return its source code as a string, and then the attacker could check if that function was modified by, for example, calculating a hash. Analysts often like to, for example, insert statements uh, to pull out certain strings that are being reassembled as part of the obfuscation process and modifications like this will then of course be detected. Now, of course, there's other ways to do this. Uh, most modern browsers do have uh, developer tools and with developer tools, you can set breakpoints in your JavaScript and then you can just watch these variables as they change and you don't need to add Actually, change the source code. Well, um, Xavier shows how this also can get detected. Essentially, what the attacker is looking for here is there a console available, which is typically enabled if you do run the code inside one of these browser built-in debuggers and that's sort of how the attacker is then trying to get around this particular feature in the browser and uh, Xavier actually links uh, to some older articles uh, by Mozilla here that go over some of these functions and yes uh This isn't new necessarily, but something important to keep in mind if you are analyzing JavaScript. And recent security a company that makes anti malware found sort of a neat little bug in the Windows native Facebook Messenger application. So this is not the mobile Facebook Messenger, it's also not sort of the, the web-based that you usually use on a normal uh, computer, but Facebook also makes a little standalone Facebook Messenger application that's actually distributed within the Microsoft Windows Store. Now the problem with this application was that interestingly it called powershell.exe within the c colon Python 27 uh, folder. Uh, so this may have been something that sort of left over from debugging. Who knows exactly why they sort of try to start as executable. Doesn't exist on a normal system. But now as an attacker all you have to do is drop this binary and whenever the user starts Facebook Messenger this is automatically executed with the privilege of that user. To make things kind of worse. verse, yes, this folder is not privileged. So pretty much anybody on the system can write to it and add their powershell.exe. If you are a developer, uh, please double check. This happens so, so often that any calls or loading DLLs that are not really needed, that uh, this sort of remains in production code. And the result is that now hacker could easily replace those files or add them if they're not really required, not really present, and then run arbitrary code. And researchers at ESET Security have published a post with updates around the Gamma Redden group. This is an APT actor that's pretty active, and they sort of added a couple new tricks to their arsenal. One that's sort of noteworthy here is the use of Outlook macros. So yes, we have, of course, macros and. Other Microsoft Office products don't really see them a lot in Microsoft Outlook, but Microsoft Outlook can execute Visual Basic for application macros, but they have to be loaded as you are starting Outlook as a command line parameter. So what this malware does in its initial phases is that it kills Outlook, restarts it, and when it restarts it, it loads the macro with uh, Outlook. Now, the macro itself uh, does uh, pretty basic things, essentially a mass mailing engine, but one that can be tailored to particular targets. So it can either send email to all contacts of the particular person, to particular lists of contacts, or even uh, just to specific individuals. The tricky part here is that, of course, these emails, they will now be sent by Outlook just like any other email the victim is sending. So this makes it fairly easy to convince the recipient that the email is authentic and then of course allows for lateral movement within the organization or even to move to other organizations that have relationships with the victim. And yes, it's Friday today, but instead of having an interview with one of our STI students, I actually recorded a little video with him, with Dennis uh, Taggart. Uh, He did his paper on using network flow data in... um, AWS and well, we'll talk a little bit about this. And the reason we did it as a video is he also has a little demo of uh, a little sort of side effect and uh, some curiosities he found in how AWS sort of applies its uh, firewall rules. So I'll add a link uh, to the paper and the video in the show notes. You'll also find the video in the ISC YouTube channel. So, well, uh, maybe subscribe and uh, we try to publish more. More and more videos there. So let us know if uh, we can improve them somehow. But we try to keep them short and sort of, no you know, uh, little demos, uh, little sort of current uh, topics. That's it for today. Thanks again for listening and talk to you again on Monday. Bye.